0: Father God, we love you this morning. We cherish Jesus as our greatest treasure. Father, we're here because of him. I pray that our faith would grow clearer today. That today's message would be something that hits home. Father, it does heart work through your word. The seed, Father, that is good seed and good soil. That's my prayer this morning. In your son's precious and holy name, amen. Uh, I, have a, I have a snorkel with you. all know what this is? I shouldn't have said it. Doggone it. It's a snorkel, right? You know that? Okay. All right, we're going to use that in a minute. Today's message, the title of today's message, for those of you that write it down and publish it to the pod, the podcast, it's The Faith Funnel. Say it with me. The Faith Funnel. All right, that's about 10%. Let's, let's see if we can get 50% of you to say it. Ready? The Faith Funnel. How many of you, thank you so much. You are the man. You look sharp today. Yes, sir. Uh, so... Uh, Pray for this man with his pancreas and his shoulder. He's got a lot going on. Make sure you lift him up in prayer. The faith funnel. How many of you feel like you just don't have the faith some days? How many of you feel like that? I mean, I have been hitting this so hard through the Gospels because Jesus has been hitting it hard with his disciples. Do you agree? And I think it's so funny. Like Last last week was the tale of two daughters, right? One had an issue of blood for 12 years. The other little girl was 12 years old. And then he calls 12 disciples in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, to go do this work. Anybody think there's significance to that? Do you think Jesus did it just random? Or did he pick that number for a reason? How many of you think you know? Bible trivia. Ready? to Go. Why did he do it? Why did he pick 12? Why is he bringing this number up to us now three times within just a few chapters? One chapter, huh? 12 tribes of Israel. So he is focusing, remember the beginning of the chapter, he came, Advent season, he came unto his own, the 12 tribes of Israel, and his own what? Received him not. So we know that there is, even today, a whole group or nation of people that have not accepted the Messiah. Even though they were the vehicle, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus, sitting on the throne of David, the Davidic king, all prophesied 1,500 years prior. So that's, that's what gives us the concrete evidence. And when Jesus came, he used these significant numbers to prove over and over that he was who he said he was. And that he came vicariously through the nation of Israel. And they themselves would reject him. Now, why were their hearts hardened unto him? Because he had to die. He had to go to the cross. So it's in God's sovereign plan for them to reject him. Because if he didn't get to the cross, then we would pay our own sin debt. Make sense? It's kind of, you know, a simple thing. But don't take those little things for granted. A 12-year-old girl, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. He says, Luke chapter 9, look at it, verse number 1. Then he called his what? Twelve disciples. And if you don't think that's necessarily significant, what happened after Judas died in the first chapter of Acts? Or I'm sorry, the second chapter. They reelected one to fill that vacancy. They knew it was important to Jesus. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 9 Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. How many of you just want one of them in here right now? Come on. I got you. Just kidding. (laughs) And you know what? There are many people who believe that they possess that gift of healing. And possess that gift of power from the Holy Ghost. And I know there are so many different viewpoints on that. So many different uh, angles that you can uh, approach it theologically. I just believe that God can still heal you. How many of you believe that? I think it's safe to say that regardless of whether I've been given the gift of healing, I feel confident in coming to any one of you, laying hands on you and praying for healing. Because I pray believing. I pray believing. I, I believe that I'm a faith funnel. I believe that God is using me as a funnel to give faith, and sometimes those are healing gifts to people in His church. I have watched God do miraculous things this week. I have prayed in my own walk with God, in my own prayer time. I said nothing to the people that were involved. Nothing. I had... No comment whatsoever. I only had it in my prayer closet, me and God, on lockdown. And someone in our church approached me about the exact thing that I was praying about and fulfilled that need. I just sat and cried. Why? Because I just saw God fulfill the needs of His people through His church. I believe it. I believe it with everything in me. Was it happenstance? No. It was the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important for you to get today's message. It's important for you to be a faith funnel. It's important for you to walk away understanding the parameters, understanding the guidelines that Jesus gave his disciples that we're going to unpack a little bit so that you can in confidence go home and fulfill the will of God for your life this week. That's my goal. Good to go? Cool. Look at verse number four. And whatsoever house ye... Ah, I missed one. Go back to verse three. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor script, neither bread, nor money. If you have another version of the Bible, these words will, will make more sense uh, as far as breaking them down. I'm not going to take too much time. Uh, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. Whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide. And thence, depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when ye go out of that city, Taylor Swift, shake it off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed. And they went through the towns, preaching the gospel, healing everywhere. Verse 7, now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him. And he was perplexed because that it was said of the, of the some that John was risen from the dead and some that Elias had appeared and others that one of the old prophets was risen again. And uh, Herod said, John, have I beheaded. But who is this? And of whom I hear such things. And he desired to what? See him. See him. So why does that make sense? Because the text tells you, and that, that was the last sip of coffee there. The text tells you that that was Herod the Tetrarch. I believe it was Antipas. Uh, see, there was, there was Herod the Great. And then when he passed away, he, he gave four, it, it, the, look at the word. Let's see here. I think it's right here in the text. No, it's not in this text. It's understood from the previous. But when Herod the Great died, four men took over their region of the area. And Galilee, this region that Jesus was traveling in, historically was taken over by this Herod, Antipas, one of his sons. Understanding... Uh that even, he even says it in Matthew, I think, chapter five. He talks about how John was a great prophet. And he was tricked into beheading John um, with this weird twisted love triangle. This, this bizarre thing. And John the Baptist uh, was beheaded. So we see here that Herod begins to what? Uh, have anxiety over what he did because he knew what he did was what? Wrong. How would that fare for you when you beheaded God's chosen anointed one and then crazy things start happening all over the region? So here's Jesus, everybody flocking to Jesus. We've seen this, right? The tale of two daughters just happened. There's also another miracle that takes place in one of the other synoptic Gospels that isn't even recorded in, in Luke. And Luke does that. He picks and chooses the ones he wants to bring up and why for specific reasons. But the point is, is when Jesus in chapter 9 here reaches this point, he is commissioning his disciples to send them out. He was the main man with the main plan and we see that even Jesus... Takes a step back and empowers 12 so that the word can travel further. I had a great question this week. Somebody texted me and said, Why is it that in one instance in the Bible we find that Jesus tells them to go tell everyone, and then in another instance he tells them, Don't tell anybody? Right? Somebody texted me that question this week. And my answer is this because in, in the situation where he did, he said, Don't tell anybody, it was in the center of the town. And if they were to go out and start spreading and spreading and spreading, he would have never made it out of the town. Make sense? They were already pressing into him. Imagine the great crowds. So this makes logistical sense. He came into his own. And he came into his own with a plan. And his plan was the great commission. And that's where we're headed with the end of of Luke. So by the time we reach the end of this book, I hope you guys are ready to go and reach some people. Uh, But that's where we are. We're in this transition in his ministry where he's now commissioning 12. How does he commission them? He gives them power. What's the power, church? He gives them the ability to cure. Isn't that, isn't that cool? How many of you want the ability to cure? Alright, you got it. There it is. Look at verse Look at verse number one. And he gave them power and authority over the devils. And to cure what? Diseases. So we find that power and authority over the spiritual realm of demon, demons. We find the ability to cure. And here's the thing. He gives and then he sends. How many of you see that? He gives them the power and then he what? Sends them out. God never gives you anything to keep on your own. God never gives you anything to hoard. There's no such thing as going through a spiritual house of a believer and seeing all this knowledge. Have Anybody ever been in a hoarder's house? I lived next to one in Dundalk for years and years and years. I would walk. She would need help. She would fall sometimes. And I would go in her house. And literally, there's this little bitty trail all the way through. And sometimes she would just lean over on the pile. I can't get up. And I'd come in and her up from the pile. You know what I'm saying? But that's what happens with spiritual believers that hoard. You just lean over. You kill over in your fat state of spiritual enlightenment and you never share. And all you have is this cluttered house. And then eventually, you don't even see it straight anymore. Eventually, what used to make sense, what used to excite you is, oh yeah, I know that verse. You've become a spiritual hoarder. God never gave a gift that he did not intend for you to use. How many of you are sitting on a gold mine of gifts? And he just never followed them. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. If this little church has a bunch of people in it that start using their gifts, watch out. Jesus just, I mean, proverbially speaking, got out of the way, gave them the power to preach and to heal. If they don't, I like this part, and this is just an anecdotal part in the message. If they don't receive it, what did he tell them to do? Shake it off, shake it off. Right. Look at verse number uh, verse number four. And whosoever house ye enter, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever, what does it say? Will not receive you. When ye go out of that city, shake it off from the very dust of your feet, for a testimony against them. Let me give you a little background quickly, and then we have to jump into the message. This is all just free, okay. <laughs> If the Jews, remember, there was prejudice, right? There there were uh, racial divisions in that day just as much as there is in this day. And this is an amazing example of how the gospel breaks down racial barriers. And I love it. Because here's the thing. Jesus sent them unto his own, knowing that they would what? Reject. I'm getting happy. It was customary when a Jew entered into a Gentile's house that when they left, they would shake it off. I don't want any part of their house. I don't want any part of what they have going on that is, looks different than how I live. I go in their house, I go in their country, I pass through Samaria, and and because I'm some kind of Jew, I come out of that community and I just shake it off. That's the context of what Jesus is saying to his disciples who knew the culture. And watch, he told them to do that about their own people. I can imagine the 12 were going, but we're going in Galilee. (laughs) What do we have to shake off? Unbelief. You ought to view unbelief now the same way you viewed in racial profile. Ooh. Let me tell you what really matters. Not the color of their skin, but the condition of their heart. Son, that will resurrect our nation. That love will bring us together. The gospel. He called his own to realize the the problem and, and the core of their sin. And he said, you don't do that about social class. You do that about unbelief. And why do you do that? Because, watch this, I think I wrote this down and I need to read it. You will never find the heart that is ready if you are still listening to the heart that is hard. You'll never find the heart that is ready if you're still listening to the heart that is hard. Your old way, your old culture, your old thoughts. It's hard. Shake it off. The only thing that matters from here moving forward, church, is the heart. So if you've got something that's in there that's a heart problem, God forbid a racial barrier, don't let me find out about it. <laughs> I'll throw this pulpit at you. <laughs> I'm playing. Shake it off. Just kidding about the pulpit thing. I'm not violent at all. Shake it off. I want to give you some pointers on how to do this. How many of you want to go be effective? Like servants of God, where you know you can share the gospel with anybody. How many of you want that? How many of you want, some of you don't? No, I just don't like raising my hand. I know, and you don't have to. I just try to get as many, many of you as I can. What I'm going to preach isn't necessarily the context of the passage, but it's the context of today. So if Jesus were to stand here and commission you, how would he commission you? How would he get us to accomplish this work? Would he come in here and give us the power to heal? Maybe. Some of you. But the point is, is in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came to the church, everything changed. Peter says we now have a more sure word of prophecy. So now we have the understanding that it's not necessarily these outward things, but it's more the Word of God being planted inward. So Jesus would tell you how to condition yourself in the Word of God to be a funnel of faith. You with me? That's why I'm going to venture out quickly and express to you a few passages of scripture that I think are extremely practical. I think some of you sitting here today are just like Pastor Matt. I just can't get there. For years my heart burns, it believes, but I just haven't been able to connect with people on the level of my spirituality. Anybody track with that? Okay, good. So I'm preaching to you three people, okay? I grew up in Florida. 12 years, like five minutes from the beach. And it's in a town called Melbourne. And we would go every year to a place called Rock Springs. And those springs were quick moving. And they were freezing cold, if you've ever been in like, a natural spring. And we would jump in on one end and snorkel all the way down the spring to the other end. How many of you know how to use a snorkel? How many of you are scared of a snorkel? Man, that's a few of you. So you turn it like this, okay? And then you get into what? The blood. Huh? If you listen to this podcast, I have a circle and know. And this allows you to see things of another world. You know where I'm going with this. This allows you to survive in a completely different environment and see it for what it really is. This is faith. Don't believe me. <laughs> this is faith. So today, when you see this snorkel, I want you to think about this as being your faith. Okay, you got it. What is this? You know, it's a snorkel. You got it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use that brief moment of laughter to. <laughs> okay, you're right. It's faith. This is faith. What can we learn from a snorkel today? I can only imagine. I can only... Just squirrel. I can only imagine that when the disciples went out, imagine the first time that they healed. And they walked up and saw that little girl who would never walked. And they're like looking at each other. And you know, who, who was probably the first one to heal? Who was probably the first one, huh? Peter. He was probably the first one... You get an arm and you get new legs, and he, you know what I mean. You know he was like overzealous, and that's how I would be. I'd be like running down, just healing everybody. This is amazing, but the, but the point is, is you know that the rest of them, especially Thomas, he'd be like, "This ain't gonna work," you know. What I'm Shoot, he doubted everything. <laughs> Hopefully you got that, but anyway, the the, the point is is they were i 'm sure apprehensive, and the first time I used a snorkel, I remember jumping in the water when I was a little kid and being like, <laughs> my lungs filling up with water coming out of the coming out of the pool and like, "Oh my goodness, guys right because i didn 't know how to use it. I had a gift, and this gift was going to feed me life called air if I would just learn how to use it, so there 's a period of time that Is training. It's discipleship. The disciples have already been going through it. But how many of you have never taken the time? Maybe because you're impatient. Let me explain something to you this morning. It's worth it. If you learn how to use this thing, it is going to open up a whole new world. A brand new magic point of view. On a magic carpet ride. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Disney dad right here. It's important for you to learn. So for for all of you, and this is the problem, we're Americans. I don't want to. I got everything I need. I don't need to get in the water. And for those of you that are scared of the water, I'm I'm not trying to pressure you into learning how to use the snorkel. You get the, it's an analogy, so relax. (laughs) I'm really scared of water. It's okay. (laughs) I'm talking about your faith. For some of you that just say, I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. I'm not going to be pushed outside of my comfort zone. Okay, then enjoy mediocrity. Enjoy living your whole life with nothing spectacular happening spiritually. Enjoy your eternity the same way. Man, I really wish. It was only seven years. All I had to do was go all in. Pastor Matt told me every week, grow your faith, bro. And here I am, all eternity. No rewards in heaven. I mean, I'm kind of getting to know Jesus now, but... It's that. like That's legit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is What? Your faith, and I want to teach you how to use it today. Quickly, a snorkel is our faith. The air is love. Okay? What's the air? Love. The point of the snorkel is for me to be able to breathe. The point of your faith as a Christian is for you to receive love. This was in some of your small groups study, and I'm just going to go a little deeper. No pun intended. Paul said in Romans 1.16... For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the, stay with me, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, watch this, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. We hold the truth in Jesus. Our faith is sustained in confidence in Christ. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of what? Christ. Paul did say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Paul said, in Romans 5, the things I want to do, I what? Don't do. What am I trying to say to you, church? I'm trying to say that if, man, this is where I really need a headset, that if you're trying to live by faith, you can't live by yourself and do it on your own. Every time you think that you're going to breathe for the first time as a Christian, understand this, that it's going to block you. Every time you look in the mirror and think, I've got this. Every time you clear the blockage of shame, you'll breathe. You'll breathe. Paul found what he needed in who? Jesus. The just shall live by faith. How does this practically play out? I'm telling you. For by grace are ye saved through faith. The problem is, is every time you try to do it on your own, what are you doing? You're blocking it. You get the point, right? Okay, we're going to put the water down. I'm like putting it in the microphone. Every time, church, the devil, all he has to do is come to you and say, I saw that sin. I saw that pornography click. I saw that adultery. Let's just go to something like on the other end of the spectrum. I saw that. You wanted to talk to them about Jesus, but you didn't. He shames you. He clogs your faith with shame. Let me explain something to you. Blow it out. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Here's the problem. You're living in your shame. You're living in your past. Something that Jesus already paid for. Every time I look in the mirror, Pastor, I just, I look at someone who can't share the gospel. I look at somebody who's no good, who God could never use. You're right. But Jesus saved you. But Jesus put you on a, on a firm foundation and He established your goings and He said, I'll give you my righteousness. If you'll just put the faith in your mouth, I'll feed you the love of God that'll keep you going forever. And all the devil has to do is say, you're no good. Look what you did. You don't even think right. You can't even understand the Bible. He just keeps packing stuff into your snorkel. He keeps packing stuff into your faith. And, and God said, you have to live by that faith. Don't let him do that. God said, I gave you that snorkel when you got saved and said, here, you don't have to. He said, here, you live by this thing. This is how you see the world that you never saw before you were saved. That's right. Don't let the devil pack your faith with shame. Don't be ashamed of who you are in your faith, be confident in who He is. You with me? The just shall live by the amount of confidence they have in themselves to accomplish the gospel. Is that what Paul said? We're not here to polish up believers. I'm not here to make y'all look good. We're here to make Jesus look good. Go ahead. Block your snorkel. Love you, bro. Block your snorkel and see how good it works. You'll never swim. You never swim. It doesn't work. Christian, just keep living in your past. You'll never have a present. Here's here's the statement separate your guilt from your convictions. Some of you need to write this mess down. And And this is with your children. Some of you have guilt. Can you track with that with your children? Listen to this. Separate your guilt from your convictions. Guilt will lead you to relive the past that Jesus lived for. But convictions will lead you into a faith-filled future. You want to be able to put faith on display in your life and reach others? How many of you want to? Then clear the shame out. I'm just going to speak that life over you right now. You you don't need to be ashamed of your past. Jesus paid for it. You don't need to go live in it either. You understand? Shame will block your faith like nothing else I've seen. So many Christians that just want to do, but they just can't get out of their own way. Hey, get out of that. Get out of that guilt. There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? <laughs> Number two, what is the other blockage? Oh my goodness. It's 12.10. The blockage of thought. The blockage of thought. What do you mean, Pastor Matt? Hebrews 11, 1-3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things ooh." Y'all know that one. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. About to get happy, yo. What you're experiencing is not made from what you're experiencing. What does that mean? Romans 14.23 And he that doubted is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Sin is where you are focused on something instead of someone. Simply Jesus. What is sin, Pastor Matt? It it is some big things that I mentioned earlier, but it's also the wrong thinking. Stay with me, we're almost done. Sin is when you are fulfilling a life that is not being given to you by Jesus. What? I got a good life! Everything's fine! But is it the one He has for you to be living? You may have a great life, but if it's not the life that He's giving to you, then it's what? It's sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is? Sin. That's tough. Sin is where you are fulfilling a life that is not being given by Jesus. James 1.17 says that everything that is good, every perfect gift, comes from where? Above. 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 Air. How do we know if we're breathing? How do we know if we're thinking right? I want to, before I say this last thing and tie it all together, because I'm about to, I just want you to understand that Paul was adamant over and over again that people block their faith with wrong thinking. The Bible says the worlds were framed by the Word of God. I need you to do a little soul searching real quick. Right there where you're at. Listen, what are you overthinking in your life that he just wants to give to you? We already cleared out the shame. Church, church, stay with me. We already blew the shame out. It's no good. We're not going to live in shame anymore and guilt. Are we, are we, have we established that? Are we good? Are you guys done with your shame? the next thing that's going to happen is the devil's going to put things in front of you to cause you to think wrong. He's, he's, he's going to put things in front of you that say, if, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. The world's reframed by the Word of God. What comes to pass in your life is providentially given to you by God. Any good gift, any perfect gift is from above. So when we put the snorkel in our mouth, let God work his plan. When that happens, we don't have a blockage of suffering. Suffering helps us see God more clearly. Suff- suffering gives us purer oxygen. This is a next level type type thought, but it's it's the point that is made in scripture that we are not to think In our way, because his ways are what? Not our ways. Your faith can be blocked by wrong thinking this morning. How do you know if you're breathing right? Could you guys use a little help to acknowledge, to get it soon? Maybe if you stopped breathing, maybe some of you stopped breathing 10 years ago. You stopped living by faith 10 years ago and you never knew it. How many of you want a sign that you can catch it early when your snorkel gets blocked? How many of you want a sign? I'd like that. Okay, let me give you one. Breathing, oh this is good, is loving. Breathing is loving. How do I know, Pastor Matt, if I'm breathing? Are you loving? If you're not loving, you gave up a long time ago. You're suffocating. If you're still in the water, which you're probably not, you probably got out of the pool a long time ago. You probably got out of the rock spring a long time ago. You Every time you go to the ocean, you just sit in the lawn chair. You'll never experience the water because you haven't taken the time to figure out the tool that God gave you called faith to learn to breathe in that environment. And the problem is you stopped loving years ago, which means you stopped breathing. You, you abandoned your faith. Prove it. Okay. 1 John 4, 19-21. We love Him because He first loved us. If any man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, oh my goodness, how can he love God whom he hath seen? Not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things. Ooh. How do you expect to have faith in God when you can't love your brother? I got faith! When was the last time you loved on somebody? No, you don't. I'm just giving you the... It's not. Don't get mad at me. I go full-time tomorrow in the church, right? So I, I'm really starting off real good, aren't I? Let me tell y'all something. I'm going to kick you spiritually right in the gut with this one. Church, if you're not loving people, you're not using the snorkel. You're over there on the sidelines. God bless you. I just got my nails done. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to get in the water. I just got my hair did. I went right for the ladies, didn't I? <laughs> Men. Man, when I was a boy, I almost drowned. I'm not getting in the water. Okay. So you're living in shame. Oh, so you're living in wrong thinking. You think that because it didn't work back then, it's not going to work now. Your snorkel's blocked. Why don't you just... Y'all do it with me. Ready? You hear that podcast? Ready? Ready? Done. The just shall live by faith. How do you know if you're using the snorkel? Are you loving people? Oh my goodness gracious. That's it. Done. End of story. We could preach on this every week. So tomorrow, when you go to the coffee shop, how many of you get coffee? That's it? Man, I got work to do. No, I'm kidding. When you go to the coffee shop tomorrow, don't go through the drive through Go 10 minutes early. Watch this. Walk in with a snorkel on your head. No, I'm kidding. When you go in the coffee shop tomorrow, park your car, go 10 minutes early, by Amy, by Kelly. Sorry, I almost, I almost got through my message. Then say this. Walk in. I love you guys. I love y'all. I mean, you guys get up every morning and you make my coffee just the way I like it. Oh my goodness, I love you. My wife doesn't even do that for me. Whoa! I just love y'all. <laughs> what has gotten into that, fella? I'm living by faith. Amen. First John says if you love, then you're showing your relationship with the love of the Father. Just love. Do you have trouble doing something for someone? Do you have trouble, oh! thinking wrong about what that's going to mean, you blocked your snorkel. Doggone it. Blow it out and get in the water. What's the test? How are you loving people? It's just not my personality. I'm not saying you have to, it's going to look differently for everybody, right? I'm I'm probably going to be the guy that goes in the coffee shop and says, hey, I love all y'all. I'm giving all of you a penny tip, but that's all I can do, but I love you. I'm that, I'll do something stupid like that. That's how I, I'll show them love. But you know what? There's other ways to show people that you love them. You don't ever even have to talk to them. Why don't you just let the Holy Spirit tell you the just shall live by faith. Get the shame out of there. Get that wrong thinking out of there. And just know that the air that you're breathing through faith is Love. Point number one of the Bethlehem Creed. Lead with... Every head bowed, every eye closed. I've gone too long today. I just want to ask this question. Did what I just preach make sense to you? If it made sense, because I like this, raise your hand. Okay, cool. Then, hopefully, one of two things. Either you have shame blocking your faith... Or you're just not thinking right. You've been holding on to that hurt for so many years. I just want you to swim with me. I just want you to jump in at our church. I want God to work through you. The just shall live by what church? Faith. Can we just take some time to pray this morning? Just pray. If you want to use the altar, it's open. If you want to do it right there in your seat, which seems to be the the choice, I don't care. I just want you to pray right now. There you go. Can you just pray and ask God to open the airway? He gave you faith. The Bible says he gave every one of us a measure of faith. So when you got saved, the snorkel's there. You know what I mean, Steve? It's laying right in front of you. How many of you, let me ask you this, no one's looking. I just want to pray for you. How many of you have never picked up the snorkel? You're just not loving people. Raise your hand. Pastor Matt, can you pray for me so that I can love people? Here's my hand. I've just never... I don't love people, Pastor Matt. And I want to pick up faith for the first time today. Boom! Yes! Somebody else. I've never lived by faith and I don't feel like I have the love from God. Ooh, let me ask you this. How many of you feel like God doesn't love you? If you're sitting here today... And you don't feel like God loves you. I promise, nobody's looking. Everybody's praying. Pastor Matt, God doesn't love me. Can you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Pastor Matt, God doesn't love me. I don't feel that love. Be honest. Be honest. If you can't be honest here, then you're not going to be honest with yourself. Come on. Raise your hand. Pastor Matt, I just don't know. Thank you for being honest. Somebody else. I just don't know that I feel the love of God. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, I pray so, with with just such fervency this morning, that, that our people would live by faith. Father, it's what they cannot see. Every morning when we wake up and we look ourselves in the mirror, that's not living by faith. We're not living by ourselves. We're living by you. Father, just channel your love now. Channel your love, Father, into their hearts. Fill our hearts with faith. Clear the blockage of shame. Clear the blockage of wrong thinking. Help us to breathe in love this morning. Mm. How many of you just want that prayer right there for yourself? Raise your hand. I want that right there for me. I'm showing God right now. Yes. Father God, we love you, we thank you, we cherish you as our greatest treasure. If you're sitting here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you said, if I I died right now, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven, Pastor Matt. Can you raise your hand so I can pray for you? By our testimony, we all got that faith. In Jesus' name, amen.